0: Welcome to the Get Lusty podcast. Hello, this is Erica Gregg of Get Lusty. I'm here with Dr. Sonia Borge, a best selling author um, has done amazing things in terms of sex, marathon sex, and I'm, I'm just so excited to, to chat with you today about sex and sexuality.
1: Great, thank you. It's great to be
0: here. Awesome. So let's just get straight to it. So you have done just so much to date. How did you choose this profession, this uh, sexologist, sex expert profession?
1: Well, it actually chose me in a lot of different ways. I was working on healing my own sexual issues, and I went out to get some help. And years and years of going to different kinds of counselors and psychologists and therapists. and oftentimes I would leave in tears and just like not knowing what to do. And this was at a time before we had the internet. imagine that. and so I would just keep going and there was a lot less awareness and going from you know person to person or people in the helping industry. and I would feel exhausted by the time and like I completely made myself vulnerable. And I would leave usually crying and not resolving what I really, really wanted to resolve and heal. So it just so happened that I had an opportunity to earn an advanced degree, a Ph.D. And I just so happened to choose human sexuality. And I landed at the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. And I got the best education in the humanities that I could ever get. And I got some resolution and insight and worked on my own healing and my own sexual issues. And the reason I say that it was the best education in the humanities is because you're really, really coming from a place of non-judgment when you're looking at these issues. And it's like, it's, it's really hard to describe. And it's an education like no other. And there's no other school that I know of any place that gives that kind of education works just about sex. And they don't get into the psychology of it. And they just talk about sex. And so, I feel very, very fortunate that the school was in my um, neighborhood, so to speak. I grew up in Northern California, and it was in San Francisco. So, it just kind of happened that way. And so, that's what usually why I say it chose me, because Like most things in my life, like with with the writing and even the work I'm doing now, it just seems to be that everything just kind of happens the way it should. And it's it's much easier that way. (laughs) I am able to, in turn, serve a lot more people and help a lot more people. Because I'm coming from a place of, you know, first healing myself and working on my own stuff. So it not only, you know, that I get to help people and heal myself, but it comes from a place of being genuine and so I'm able to reach more people, I think, and really get through to people that I really otherwise wouldn't. Mm -hmm.
0: So you say that you help a lot of people and you do. (laughs) All the work that you do really does help people. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to help people. So we really love seeing people helped. So... With what? I I think that's really the question. There are so many challenges that couples are facing today. What do you see are the biggest challenges that couples are facing? Well,
1: I should probably take a step back. And I don't really, like, help more, like, help people find the truth within themselves. And I think that because that's what I did, I'm able to attract the people who like the same kind of healing approach. And so, some of the, the challenges that I see that couples are facing today is that they're having a hard time connecting, on the re- reason and, and communicating like on the real issues. And I know the communication, that word is thrown around a lot, and I guess, <laughs> and it seems that to me that it's, we don't really understand what that means. And what I see specifically about communication is that people are sabotaging themselves because they're believing their own stories that they're making up in their head and so that's the reason that they're not able to connect a situation x happens and one person wants to believe one thing and another person the other person wants to believe another thing and they're both believing their own stories whether or not they're actually true so these stories grow and grow and grow and it just brings people farther and farther apart And we could say that about, you know, a lot of the issues that are going on. And so for that reason, they're not really growing. Uh, They're not really growing together. So that's really what I'm seeing. And one of the other things I'm really seeing is that, and this is something that all human beings do, is that we tend to project. So, you know, somebody is not being a good listener we're all part of this oneness. I'm not trying to sound like far out there or anything, but if you can ask yourself, has there ever been a time where I have not listened? And truthfully, we could all say yes. But there's the temptation to Mm -hmm. hold on to that and to blame the other person and to not be able to get past it. So, Mm -hmm. we're always projecting. We are connecting with people on everything that we are we're not good listeners and we are good listeners (laughs) so there's this thing you know it takes one to know one so if you're not a good listener you're going to be able to spot a good listener if you're a really good listener you're going to be able to spot somebody who's a really good listener Mm -hmm. make sense Yes, like like attracts life, but we we don't necessarily see that, and because we don't see that, we don't have the open heart and the forgiveness and the compassion for our partners. So mm-hmm. that's something that I'm really seeing that's going on, and you know that's part of communication. Mm-hmm. Communication is bigger than the words that we speak, mm-hmm. much bigger.
0: So how how do you measure success in good communication and healthy communication?
1: You know. That's something that I usually let my clients decide because everybody is different. Every couple is different. So one of the things that I ask the clients in one of my sessions right at the beginning is just that question. You know, what what, what do you want from this situation? What do you want from this session? And I really encourage um, the clients. That's something we have to do. So when you identify what that is, then we could begin to work towards that. So that really is dependent on the client. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, um, to satisfy <laughs> you and the listeners, I guess it would, in another way it could be said that, you know, clients come to me when they have concerns or issues, but also when they want to do something better, like when they want to be better at their sexual encounters and you know, I don't really like the word but performance or engagement or skills and things like that. It just wanna have better experiences. So that's why a lot of clients come, but a lot of them, most of them come because they're having some kind of issue. And so the blocks in the issue are usually about the clients themselves. And so we find what that is. I take clients through a guided session and they find their own answers. And then we work towards their goal. So if the client I would say that if they're successful as a couple, they're probably working and growing together. They're working on their own stuff and working to love themselves more and to give themselves what they need. And then they come together with their partners and set the intentions of how they want to grow together as a couple. And they're not spending a lot of time on the issues and problems Rather, they're spending most of their time in the positive emotions and feelings and um, their intentions on how they could be better, stronger, happier, more in love together.
0: So how can these couples be better and stronger together? How can they have better sex and love? What are some of your recommendations? Oh, yeah, great
1: question. So the first thing, you know, that I would say is just work on your own stuff. The change that you want to see in your partner, give that to yourself first. Create the peace and the love and the sexiness inside yourself first and then and people could spend a lot of time trying to get their partner to change. But as we just described, like it's a, the law of projection, you're <laughs> just trying to control the other person, but it's really your stuff anyway. So you might as well go ahead and create that within yourself first and spend the time working on yourself. Let's your partner do his or her own thing, you know, and have that agreement. And here's something that's really, really an amazing exercise. So I want to share it with you guys. Write a list of everything that you want from your partner. And also, you could write a list about everything that you do not appreciate or like about your partner. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and write that list first. And then, considering the law of projection, ask yourself, how are you all of those things to your partner? How are you not a good listener? How are you not a good listener to yourself? So if one of the things on your list is that your, your partner abandons you, okay? Well, how do you abandon your partner? How do you abandon yourself? So that's always a good exercise. And what happens 100% of the time is that we find that there's something that we can work on for ourselves. There's something that we could change within ourselves, or in our interactions with the other person. And if there's love there, and I'm mm-hmm. assuming that there is, we'll realize, my like, gosh, and this doesn't even, notice that it's not actually behaviors that we're listing down. These are only thoughts. But since we know that thoughts are, when we think something, we choose to react a certain way. You know, if we're feeling like the person's not a good listener, You know, we're going to choose to maybe not talk to that person because they're not Mm going to listen anyway. Or maybe we're going to talk louder. Or maybe we're going to scream and get angry because they're not listening. Mm -hmm. Right? If we want to get them to listen. So thoughts actually create behaviors. And usually it's not the right one because it's coming from us anyway. So we could really start shifting and turning things around just starting with ourselves. So the other list that would be really helpful to write is write a list of everything you want from your partner, everything that you would like from your partner, you know, more, more sex, more intimacy, more love, you know, more unconditional love. And then write all those things down, and then after you're done writing them down, one by one, hold that thought in your mind and close your eyes and imagine, sense, and feel sexiness. And let that fill you up. Let your fill yourself up with that feeling of sexiness. Fill yourself up until you're totally and completely full. Close your eyes and then focus on love. Imagine, sense, and feel. In every way, you're giving yourself love. You're filling yourself up, filling yourself up, filling yourself up. And then open your eyes and onto the next one. It really, really changes things. And it really, really does help. Because if you close your eyes and you think about something, you can create a physiological response. This is meditation. This is actually, you know, this is hypnosis. Mm. We could create as a physiological change in our body from just the thought. That's mm. what an erection is. That's what arousal is, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's very powerful. And it's very inward that we usually don't think about we think about our partners Mm -hmm. turning us on, Uh, we think about other people satisfying our sexual needs, but it definitely is about us and it definitely is an internal thing that's very, very important.
1: And you just think about how much less resistance there is and how much more peace there's going to be in the home if we focus on changing ourselves first and we see ourselves as, you know, there's Mm -hmm. nothing that this person Mm -hmm. hasn't done or hasn't thought that I haven't done Mm -hmm. or thought, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, um, in, you know, in the history of my being, at some point, and, you know, we all change and grow at different times. We all do. So having that understanding, that compassion, and that forgiveness, not only for our partner, but for ourselves, because, again, forgiveness is one of those things. You know, when I put a client in the chair, and the client is doing this kind of work, the thing that always brings the most tears and the biggest, Moment of change is when they forgive themselves. Mm. And that's when we bring, it doesn't matter if it's man or woman, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. It, it, that's the one that always brings the biggest shift in people and the biggest change. Mm.
0: This has definitely been a a pattern that we've been thinking about and talking about, so I'm so glad that we had a a conversation about it and and just started on the tip of this iceberg uh, with self-forgiveness today, a very important topic for Mm -hmm. the day. So, on this topic of, you know, you being busy and doing all these things and, um, uh, at least me forgiving, my, forgiving myself for not doing enough as an entrepreneur. That's just always the way it goes. What are you up to over the next six to 12 months? Do tell us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on, Erica. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, you know, I could forgive myself for a lot of things too. And I love that. And because once we do that forgiveness, and it could happen instantly, it's like our energy shifts. Because the feeling, you know, because when we're not forgiving ourselves, we put a lot of pressure, and we're in that frequency. And since like attracts like, you're going to attract people who are feeling the same thing (laughs) and, you know, acting and having the same kinds of behaviors based on that thought. So once you make that shift, you're shifting not only your things for yourself and you're opening yourself up and you're loving yourself more, but you're shifting your point of attraction, too. So, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's going on for me? Well, I'm continuing to do, you know, my own work so I can continue to help more people. But I'm working on some really great projects. In the Marathon Sex book that you have, and I hope that you love, there's a chapter called Sex Delicious, And it's about sex and food, and couples get together and make a meal. And you do it with some fun, yummy food play. And so that's incorporated into the scenario. So I'm going to create a whole other book on sex and food using aphrodisiacs and sexual play. And it's going to follow along the unforgettable series. It's going to be so much fun. And using like a lot of fresh and live ingredients, a lot of fresh natural foods. And it's going to be some fun, fun recipes and a lot of fun food and sexual and using recipes from all over the world, all different types. So that's going to be out by Valentine's Day. And then the other book is more about, and I never thought I was going to be writing about this, but it's going to be about more like sexual spirituality and helping clients to connect using spirit and some of these concepts of like forgiveness and projection and working on themselves to create a better unit together. And so that should be out around the same time, too. And that's going to be another book. And other than that, working on extending my reach off-island and working more with clients over the phone. So I'm going to be doing more of that kind of a thing.
0: Wonderful. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for having a chat with us today. We look forward to publicizing about marathon sex and i look i have a marathon sex scheduled in in several weeks so i'm very excited about that i will definitely use your Um, (laughs) book so thank you so much sonia and yeah we look forward to staying in touch thank you (laughs) thank you so much thanks so much for listening to learn more about get lusty visit getlusty.com Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Get Lusty and have a lusty day.